Hello, hello. Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. We are on episode 59, and today we're going to be covering Ephesians chapter 2 and 3. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So today we're going to be talking a lot about a gift, a great mm-hmm. gift that has been given to us. Erin, do you have um, a gift that stands out in your mind that has been given to you, maybe undeservingly? Yeah. Um, I mean, God has been so gracious in the way that he's provided in our lives. And I love to talk about this because I think it's um, it's kind of a weird topic to talk about as Christians because mm-hmm. we're like, well, we don't want to make it about, you know, God's going to give you everything you want. Right. But then we also then don't want to shy away from the way that God has blessed us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not like hashtag blessed, but the ways that God's shown us his kindness. Um, and so the first thing that comes to mind is um, my girls, we had wanted to put them in preschool and all their friends went to preschool. And, <laughs> but you know, I am a stay at home mom for the most part. I teach a couple classes at the gym, but anyways, I'm usually home, don't have much of an income. And my husband is a paramedic, which is an incredible job, such a noble job and, you know, really ministry work, but, um, isn't like high dollar bills. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we just, and we have twins, so we were gonna have to pay double to put them in preschool. Anyways, all that to say, we were really struggling with whether we could do it or not. And, um, one day the preschool called me and said, Hey, I just want to let you know, somebody paid for your girls to go to preschool, paid for the whole year, both of them for Incredible. free. Incredible. Yeah. And so I just like, I would like sat down on the floor in the kitchen and was like crying and I'm not a big crier, but I was just like, Oh my goodness. Like, and they did it anonymously, which like drives me nuts, but I understand. But I was like, I want to thank them. And so we did thank them in a different way. But at the same time, I was just like, so amazed that the Lord was like willing to give us a gift. It wasn't something we needed. Like it wasn't something that was a detriment or, you know, like it wasn't something that was like, Oh, we have to have this, but yeah. it was really just, you know, somebody being so gracious, um, with what God has given them and living open handedly, um, which we actually have an episode coming out on this summer mm-hmm. about that, which is yes, going to be awesome. Do. But it was just, it was such an awesome, awesome gift. And it truly has been, I mean, my girls love it. They're in their mm-hmm. third year now and they have been paid for every year. That is just mind blowing. I know. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's incredible. That's yeah. So, and what a beautiful picture of Mm -hmm. what God has done for us. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how we're undeserving. He has given us something um, just mind blowing, even more mind blowing than playing for for preschool. Um, So we thought that that'd give a little picture, just a tiny glimpse of this huge gift that God has given to us. Yeah. And it starts us off, you know, remembering it's a gift. It is. You know, yes. Our salvation yes. is a gift. All right. So let's jump in. Chapter two, verse one. We're going to um, start with verse one through three. So it says. And this is Ephesians. I don't know. Do we even say that? <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't even know. This is chapter two <laughs> of Ephesians. Yeah. So here we go. Chapter two, um, verses one through three. 
And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. It's a lovely, uplifting I know. Beginning. It's like, goodness, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like we said, it's it's reminding us of who we are before Christ. This is this is um, our because of Adam. We're all born with sin nature. And um, I really like that. He's so blunt with it. Like, it's not like, oh, you know, you made some bad choices. But he's like, you were dead. Dead. You were f- dead in the trespasses of your sins. Yeah. Yeah. Like that seems extreme if you were to just read it, but it's accurate. Right. And I mean, when we think of eternity, like we would just be dead. Like yeah. there would be no hope without what Jesus has done for us. So we were spiritually dead. And when I was reading this, it immediately took my mind, since we're just coming off of Genesis, it mm-hmm. took my mind back to Genesis. And specifically, it took my mind back to chapter st- uh, six in the story mm-hmm. of Noah, because we just see that total depravity, right? Yeah. We just see people basically just running rampant with sin, yeah. sin everywhere. And then we continue to see this cycle of sin all throughout um, the book of Genesis, all throughout the Bible and throughout our own lives. Mm-hmm. And we are just spiritually dead. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's so relevant to our life today. Right. Like following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now we're like, it's just like we're so tossed to and fro and like this sounds fun. This sounds like this would work for me. Just kind of like tossed around following mm-hmm. the passions of your flesh. Of your like flesh. It, yeah. And what this feels is, good. What yeah. sounds good. And yeah. it's written so long ago, but it's still so mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Because we're still in that fallen in that sin nature. So we see this pattern of sin, death, and wrath. Mm -hmm. And like Aaron already said, the reason this is our reality is because of our total depravity. It's because of our sin nature that we have from Adam. And when we hear God's wrath, sometimes that can be a little confusing, especially when we have it paired with like immediately seeing his mercy and his grace. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, what does that, what does that mean exactly? So I'm going to read this paragraph from um, the message of Ephesians by John Stott. And I thought it um, kind of summed up what what God's wrath is pretty good. It says it is God's personal righteous, uh, constant hostility to evil, his settled refusal to compromise with it and his resolve instead to condemn it. Further, his wrath is not incompatible with his love. The contrast between verses three and four is notable. We were by nature children of wrath. And then we're going to see next when we read next. But God, who is rich in mercy out of the great love with which he loved us. Thus Paul moves from the wrath of God to the mercy and love of God without any sense of embarrassment or anomaly. Mm. He is able to hold them together in his mind because he believed that they were held together in God's character. Ooh, that's good. So I love it. I yeah. love it because it's talking about how God can be a God that, you know, is, um, is just and, and punishes these, um, evil things and, and our sins. But at the same time, he does have that love and that mercy. And these are all a part of his character. Yeah. 
That is good because that is really confusing. I mean, if we're being honest, that is a confu- confusing part where we're like, okay, he has this justice and this wrath that he's pouring out against the sin. But then we also see that he's full of mercy. Mm-hmm. And it, sometimes like we don't know how to rationalize that because if people are that way, it, it sounds like, you know, I think he said really good when Stott said there's no compromising mm-hmm. for sin or with sin. And we, in our minds, when we see someone not punish something, we're like, oh, well, they're just compromising right. with sin. Right. But it's, it's, that's a really good point is, you know, God is, his ways are above our ways and we can't exactly understand what it means like for him to hold both of those mm-hmm. things together. But the fact that Paul just says it like it's totally normal reminds us like that is totally normal. Mm-hmm. That is God. Just that is his, his character, character to be able yeah. to do that. Yeah, that's good. So one more thing about this before we move on. If you are dead, can you make yourself come alive? I don't think so. I've never been dead before. <laughs> no, no, you can't. And I should Jesus. Right. And that the reason I'm making that point is just a reminder, yes. like we said, that this is a gift. Absolutely. So it's not like a dead person can earn something. Mm-hmm. It's it's a gift, which will continue to go. Mm-hmm. So yep. picking up in verse four, like Casey said, it says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, there's that word again. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Now, this part's going to sound familiar, but try to hear it like you haven't heard it and try to hear it with the context of the introduction we did, chapter one, and those first verses we've read so far. Um, So it's been by, by grace, you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that In the coming ages, you might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. That's the good part, right? Yes. But God. But God. Yes. (laughs) Thank goodness for that. Yeah. And I just, I love how he reminds us. I'm saying love and then I'm going to say love again. But um, (laughs) that he reminds us that it's because of his love. So we talked about this last week with, with chapter one when we were talking about, you know, we were created because of love and for glory and it's the same thing with our salvation we were saved because of love and for his glory and so just that reminder of this is rooted in love and mercy and grace um, just really helps us to understand that it's like we said it's not us we were dead Mm -hmm. it's not anything that that we have done and this this should cause like a reaction in us we shouldn't just hear that and be like oh yeah I've heard that I know that's true like it should cause like a deep emotion Mm -hmm. of worship and gratitude and reverence yes um and if it doesn't that should be a little gut check Mm -hmm. like hey you're not really understanding how this works if this doesn't cause some sort of reaction in you yeah I think some different words that stand out to me in this passage are mercy love grace kindness and it just once again just shows us who our God is I mean just these words bring such comfort and peace um just this reminder of of God's character yeah um, another thing that we see in this is the doctrine of um, union with Christ, which is something that I have not studied mm, a whole mm-hmm. lot previously, but it seems to be coming up yeah, a whole me too, lot me lately. Too. And so we see where it says we're alive with Christ, we're raised up with him, we're seated with mm-hmm. him. And so um, this is something that I personally want to dive into a little bit more. Yeah. And so I don't, um, you might have a 
a little bit more to say about this, but I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but I do want to recommend another podcast. The Knowing Faith episode on this, and we'll link it, was really good yeah. and helped um, kind of clarify a little bit what that means. Like, are we physically seated with, mm-hmm. with Jesus right now? What does it mean to be in union with Christ? Mm-hmm. Do you have any... Um, you want to expand? I don't have a whole lot on that. I will say there's a, a resource that's actually for kids. Um, we got it for Easter. My mom asked her to get it for us for Easter. It's um, it's like $8. It's these little cards. It's a soteriology for kids, which that's just a big word, but it's the study of the doctrine, doctrine of, of Christ. And, um, and so what it is, is it starts, it says union with Christ in the center. And then each there's like a, it's like kind of like a puzzle and each one talks about like different things. So mm-hmm. justification, like how does our... Um, justification have to do with union with Christ. Oh, that's cool. It's been really helpful. It's been really good. The girls like it. Um, it's a little bit above their heads, but enough to the point where they can understand it and they ask questions yeah, yeah. at their own level. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, so that's been helpful and it's straightforward and I'm learning from it. So yeah. it's not like just a kid's thing and you can get that at, um, tiny Is theologians. It tiny theologians? Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll be sure to link that too. Yeah. It was like Which her Instagram account, follow her. I mean, there's tons and yeah. tons of good resources on tiny theologians for yeah. sure. So one more thing just about that passage. I really love the phrase, um, it depends on what your translation is, but it says made alive or made us alive again with that together with Christ. And it, it it's this contrast, right? Like we were dead. Now we're made alive. And um, there's this quote from this book is not necessarily about this passage or about Ephesians at all, but um, Metters in his book, Humble Calvinism, which I actually finished. So I was Woo! telling Casey, this is the first book I've read like straight through without it, reading other books in between. Like, That's huge for an Enneagram very, 7. Yes, I was very <laughs> proud of myself. But what he says about um, how we're made alive, he says, when Jesus told Lazarus to come out of the tomb, Lazarus walked out, musty grave clothes and all. And when you were dead in your sins and he calls you with the gospel and he makes you alive in Christ. And I love how he draws that connection with a physical death mm-hmm. of Lazarus, um, Lazarus, <laughs> <laughs> Lazarus, um, and reminding us like Lazarus didn't say like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm just going to stay dead. Like, no, he got up musty grave clothes and all and how how we can do that. Like when God calls us, we we come as we are yeah. and we don't stay that way. Like mm-hmm. he's growing us to be more like him. But when we're called by the gospel, like we're made alive mm-hmm. in, in, you know, Lazarus is, wasn't I keep calling him Lazarus. <laughs> Why am I doing that? He wasn't you know, he he walked out and he was joyful. He wasn't like dragging his feet, right. you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, don't know. I like that. Okay, so uh, verses 8 and 9 say, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. I just, I love Paul. I do I love how clear he is. Yes. Like, he's like, this is a gift. This is a gift. You were made alive by Christ. It's not your own doing. So you (laughs) cannot boast. Yeah. As if, like, we didn't catch that part already, but God, rich in Mm -hmm. mercy, he's like, let me just make sure you really understand this, which is true because we don't really understand this. No, our natures are to say, me, me, me. I did it. I did it. Look how good I am. Yeah. You know. Or God started it, and then I'm, like, finishing Mm -hmm. it. Or, you know, like, we... We might get it in our heads, but then the day to day, our heart doesn't remember that. Mm -hmm. And so having it like just straight out in text like this, I think is super helpful because it's a daily reminder of, Mm -hmm. yes, this is a gift from God. I'm made alive in Christ because of God's mercy. Mm -hmm. And it's just 
I love how clear he is. Yeah, it's a good reminder. And it also goes the other way. And I think you you had it here in the notes that like even when we question like if if we have that gift of salvation, like mm-hmm. if we're good enough, like, well, it's, that's not our doing either. Like yeah. we can't be too bad to mm-hmm. make God not love us anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we're not good enough for him to love us and we're not bad enough for him to not to love it. Right. He just loves us. Yes. Like he's just offered us this salvation, this free gift. There's no strings attached. Yeah. It's for us. Just like your girl's preschool. Like there were no strings attached. Yeah. You didn't even know who it came from. Right. Like yeah. there, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's a free gift. Yeah. And I think, you know, if we take this really practically, like I can just think of some personal examples where I struggle with this, like on the days, you know, where I'm really productive and I'm like, Oh, I cleaned the whole house. And like my husband's at work and I'm like texting him. I did the laundry today. I did the kitchen. I did, you know, like all this stuff. And I'm like, uh, you should be really proud of me. And I think I take that same attitude to the Lord. Like, hey, I read my Bible today. I shared, you know, with a friend about what you're doing in my life. I did all these things like as if he'd be more proud of me or love me more, which I know is not true. Mm-hmm. But it's still it's so hard for my heart to accept that because I just I love him and I want to, you know, honor him in which is a good thing. But I have to remind myself like that's not where my salvation lies. Right, right. And um, I, you know how I like my fun words. So um, I think I've talked about it in here, but I haven't mentioned it in a while. Blue Letter Bible uh-huh. is a yeah. really great website to use if you like this kind of thing, if you like to look up like the root words and the, you know, the Greek and the Hebrew. And um, so in verse eight, that um, it, it, the, word, blah, the word that it actually comes from, I'm going to try to say this, sesosmanoi. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's actually how you say it. But it's perfect (laughs) tense, meaning it it fully secure. So that word saved. Yeah, I read that saved. I didn't know how to pronounce it, so I didn't remember (laughs) it. But yes, I read it too. But I love that. It's like you have been, you're fully secure, which then reminds us again, like Casey was saying, you can't lose it. He can't love you less. He can't love you more. Like it's done. Like Christ said on the cross, it is finished. And this is offered to us, not as a, you come halfway, I'll come halfway. Mm -hmm. Like it is, Mm -hmm. it's fully. Yep. It's done. It's done. Yeah. Oh, love it. So moving on to verse 10, it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yeah, so this was the memory verse for for this week, which you might have thought was strange, right? Yeah. Because we had all the ones that people usually know for by grace you've been saved through faith, but but we we wanted to kind of pull out a different passage from this in a part that might have been a little challenging because when you read that you might think, well, this seems kind of contradictory mm-hmm. because we just talked about how it's a gift and how you know we don't need to earn it or anything like that. Then we read, well, we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that we should walk in them. And so that that might seem, you know, backwards or contradictory. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, that doesn't go with what you said. But actually, it it makes quite perfect sense because if you are to read. Um, right before that and you know it says this is not a result of work so that no one may boast then you might think well what what about works Mm -hmm. like okay I understand that my salvation is only based on grace through faith so what about how how should I live now what do I do now can I just run wild right yeah 
And yeah. um, if you read Romans, Paul would say, no, <laughs> um, but <laughs> we're not in Romans, so that's okay. Um, but uh, it's, it's a good follow up to that question then. Okay. It's not a result of work. So then what is the role of works in my life or in my sanctification or anything like that? And, and this passage is reminding us that, you know, these were created and prepared beforehand and, and we should walk in them. Mm-hmm. It's not saying don't walk in them or right. your salvation relies on you walking with them. It's just saying that we should walk in them. Does that kind of? Yeah. I don't like how um, you have written here that our good works are a reaction mm. to the good gift. Yeah. So I like, you know, we think about that. It's, and we've talked about it on here before, but this grace that God has given us should propel us right. into these, into these good yeah. works. Yeah. That's good. I mean, like I think about, this is a dumb example, but I think about like for Christmas, like if I have a present from one of my daughters, I'm not like, well, first you have to show me how you're going to treat this gift before I give it to you. It's like, no, I give her chalk or whatever it is. And then I hope that she shares it with her sister. Mm-hmm. But if she doesn't, I'm not going to take it back and be like, you don't get the gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you that's know, good. so that's I don't know if that example is 100% biblical. But that's like the first thing that comes to mind is that, yes, there are good things for us to walk in, but it, it's not our salvation is not dependent on it. And we'll see when we get to chapter three that that this is how Paul lives. Like he is given this revelation and then he cannot keep it to himself. So when we've been given this grace and when we know the truth and the goodness of the gospel, we cannot keep it to ourselves, and we must walk in that afterwards. Yeah. So I think that, um, I, well, first of all, I once heard Jen Wilkins say, and it was something I'm not going to be able to quote her exactly, but it was on one of the knowing faith episodes. And she said something like, even though we know we won't, ever be completely sanctified like we won't ever completely look like Jesus um we should die trying Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. we should live our life as if we could get to that you know like just trying as hard as we can and I think sometimes we hesitate to talk about this because we don't want anyone to misunderstand and to think that salvation is workspace but but bottom line is like it's in the Bible and Paul talks about it here. And so works are important. They are. And then we also see it is it in James where he also talks about like it's important. And so yeah. since it's important to the heart of God, like it should be important to us, too. Yeah, that's really good. And like just to take another take on it. Um, we've talked about this a bit before, but like that God wants us to be partners with him in the work that he's doing and how cool that is. Yes, um, yes. And just the fact that he has created things for us to be a part of is more of his kindness because he could do all things, you know, he could snap his fingers and do Mm -hmm. whatever he wants, but he doesn't, he allows and creates ways for us to be involved. Like think about, you know, when you're like unloading the dishwasher and your kids like want to help and you're like, I could do this so much faster on my own, but I want you to join me Mm -hmm. and do this. And so, um, I think, you know, I think, my kids delight in helping me. Mm -hmm. And so we should kind of have that same like attitude towards it. Um, Again, Metters has a good quote on this. He's talking about how we get to be coworkers in proclaiming um, God to the world. And he says, God doesn't need us as coworkers. He isn't lacking the strength or ability um, to spread the fame of his name or to call his people to faith in him. And then he gives some examples of his kids, but he's saying that he's he's invited us to work in the family business, he calls it, yeah. which I think is really fun because that's true, right? Like we're saying that he, we've been created these with these um, good things to walk in beforehand and that we just 
get to be a part of the family Mm -hmm. business. Like that makes it sound fun. Yeah. And I think one other thing that popped into my mind when I was reading this, the word work workmanship, Mm -hmm. it made me think of the book. Have you read the book? You are special. Max Lucado with the Wemmicks. Oh, you've Mm -mm. never read that? Oh, I'm going to have to read it to you. It's (laughs) one of my favorites. But if you haven't read it, it's about these little wooden characters that are, um, they're called Wemmicks. And they get, they live in this little Wemmicks village and they get either (laughs) stars or dots. People give them stars if they're good enough and pretty enough and talented enough. And people give them dots if they're not good enough. And and, um, this one Wemmick was having issues. Like he, he, couldn't he was getting too many dots and um he just wasn't good enough and he met this other women women uh girl that didn't have any stickers she had no stars no dots and she was like he was like how how did that happen and she said I go and see my maker every day Mm. the one that created me and so Eli was up in this wood shop and he's the one that made all the women's and sure enough when Punchinello the the Wimmick at the beginning went and saw him um, and spent time with him every day. The the woodworker told him that, you know, basically your identity Mm. is in who I say you are, not in who these other Mm. people say you are. And when you're grounded in that, when you spend time with me and when I'm able to remind you of that every day, the dots don't matter. The stars don't matter. All that matters is what I say about you. It's such a good book. Is that a kid's book? It is. It's a kid's book. Oh, I want to read that And I've read it ever since. Um, So... I've heard it since I was little bitty. And then when I was in, I think fifth or sixth grade, my Sunday school teacher read it to us. And then my mom got a copy when Isaac was born Mm. for us. And so it's, it's one of our favorites, but um, the whole workmanship thing, I think just remembering that we are created by the master creator and our identity is 100% in him. And if Mm. we remind ourselves of that, then it really truly doesn't matter what anybody else says. about us. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So, I like that. We love children's books around here. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. (laughs) So verse 11 through 13. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So this is kind of like, wait, where, how did this happen? We were talking about grace and salvation and now we're talking about <laughs> circumcision. What, now, what is yeah. happening here? How did we Just take a, second, a turn? What? Yeah. But this is this is going to kind of be a shift and we'll see this through this chapter and um, through chapter three where we're Paul is talking about Gentiles and Jewish. So circumcision and the uncircumcision is sometimes what he calls them. And, and he, you know, he's going to make the point as he goes on that, you know, we're unified in Christ. But at first he has to remind them of um, at one time, like he says in verse 12, at one time you were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. So this is another reason why um, the Old Testament matters. Yes, This yes. would be like, what do we do with this if we had no mm-hmm. Old Testament? Who are the Gentiles and why were they dead? Yes. Yeah. And so not that we can get into all of that right now because it's a lot, but just to um, kind of explain a little bit about that background. Do you have some Yeah. Stuff so about? basically God created a people for himself. You go back to the covenant with Abraham mm-hmm. and um, he, you know, says you're going to be my people. And so the Israelites were God's chosen people and the Gentiles 
we're not a part of that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of difficult for us. Um, but that was just kind of a part of God's plan at that at that time. And mm-hmm. now we can see how um, they're grafted. The Gentiles are now grafted in. Um, but there was a time right before this that Paul's referring to that the Gentiles were not a part of that. Yeah. Is that yeah, okay? I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, if there's more you want to learn about this or study about this, I would recommend, um, I mean, I don't have a top resource or anything like that right now for yeah. you, but I would say um, Gospel Coalition has a cool feature on their website where you can type in um, different like keywords mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like that in topical, not topical, but if you type in a topic, then sermons related to that topic mm-hmm. or different articles and things like that will pop up. So maybe just typing in. Like, and this is confusing to me. Yeah. Typing in what? Sorry, I, I interrupted. No, you. no, that's what I was going to say. And just, you know, because we trust pretty much all, most I would say all, but I haven't looked at everything on Gospel Coalition, but we trust that website a lot. So I would say that 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 would be a safe place. Yeah. This is confusing to me because we do see like um, we're studying Ruth on Sunday mornings now and Ruth was not Jewish. She was a Moabite and she was a believer and she, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, this gets confusing. Yeah. It really does. Um, And I, I don't know 100%. Right. All about this, but I just know that like overall, the Israelites were God's chosen people. Right, right. And that was a known thing. And the the Jews and the Gentiles knew this. And because of this, there was some huge animosity between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Like I had no idea how intense it was. And so I'm going to read this little part. This was so interesting to me. Um, this was, it's in John Stott's book, but this is actually William Barclay that that tells about this. He said, the Jew had an immense contempt for the Gentile. The Gentiles and the Jews were created by God to be fuels for the fires of hell. God, they said, loves only Israel of all the nations that he had made. It was not even lawful to render help to a Gentile mother in her hour of sorest need, for that would simply be to bring another Gentile into the world. Until Christ came, the Gentiles were an object of contempt to the Jews. The barrier between them was an absolute. If a Jewish boy married a Gentile girl or if a Jewish girl married a Gentile boy, the funeral of that Jewish boy or girl was carried out. Oh, my goodness. Such contact with a Gentile was the equivalent of death. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? I did not know that. Like it was, it was huge. Yeah. I did not real. I thought they just, oh, kind of didn't like each other. They oh, didn't worship the same gods. Now like, I feel like I need to study this. I know. Me too. That's why I'm like, I hate to say too much on this topic because I don't fully grasp it all. Yeah. I don't think. Um, but there was some, some major things going on. Yeah. So what we're about to see how God brought these two mm-hmm. people groups together it was just incredible yeah that's like, really helpful to know how extreme it was because then it's, it makes an even bigger deal of mm-hmm. what jesus did on the cross just like it. we've said before like if you don't understand the the depths of your sin right. you can't understand the richness of yeah. god's grace yeah like it's a very similar thing it's crazy yeah crazy um so anything else about that section no, but except now that I need to go study, which is the point <laughs> yes. of this podcast, right? Yeah. Like we're hoping to catch your hearts and your attention and let the Holy Spirit grab you and want you to help you to want to study more. And now it's working mm-hmm. for me. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. 
um, verse 14 through, this is going to be a long section, 22. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down his flesh, the dividing wall of hostility. There's that hostility that we were talking about. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to one Um, access in one spirit to the father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. So I'm glad we read that all together because it's kind of like one big thought. And so Paul, I feel like he does a lot of run on he sentences. Does. I'm like, he does <gasps> breathe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he's excited. Yeah. I like to picture it that way. Yes. Um, so where do you want to start with that passage? So I think the word peace. Yeah. After reading what we just read about right. the hostility between yeah. these two people groups, just the fact that Jesus brings this peace mm-hmm. is just so comforting and it's like yeah. a breath of fresh air, really. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just to like kind of expand on that a little bit, I think peace is sometimes a word that we don't really kind of like blessing, right? Mm -hmm. Where we like, we think we understand what it means, but what, like sometimes people will take peace as like having no conflict in their life. Like that's what peace Mm -hmm. is to them. And I don't think that's exactly what he's talking about here, because if you've ever been alive, you know that that's not your life. (laughs) You know, Uh, there's always something going on with some kind of chaos, some kind of conflict. But what what I think he's talking about here is that our peace is not in our circumstances. He's not Mm -hmm. saying I'm giving you circumstantial peace. He's saying I'm giving you peace of heart. I'm giving you peace because that Jesus is peace. Mm -hmm. And I, um, we had an event recently, um, an adorned ministries worship night and it was wonderful. And I got to speak to someone after, and, um, we were talking about how peace, you know, we have an idea of it is like, okay, if you're in a boat, like you don't want there to be any waves, like you want it to be peace and calm. Mm -hmm. But then we're talking about, it's actually more peaceful to be in a crazy storm with Jesus with you versus being in a boat without Jesus, but calm waters. Mm. And so we were just talking about like that kind of, I think helps us to grasp what peace what is. Peace it's is, Jesus yeah. with you. You know, like we talked about with Jacob, like God said, mm-hmm. I will be with you. Yeah. And um, that, that is what gives us peace. Mm-hmm. Not, not lack of chaos, but Jesus in mm-hmm. the chaos. I like that. I like that a lot. I was thinking about that this week. I had a doctor's appointment just to check up, mm-hmm. but I hate going to the doctor. And like literally as I was walking in, I was like, you're with me, God, just mm-hmm. like you're with Jacob, just like yep. you're with Jacob. So yep. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to remember that we're unified in Christ and that we're brothers and sisters. Um, just like how we might not always like our bi- biological brothers and sisters, and we might not always get along with them, um, and we might not always have those warm and fuzzy feelings about our brothers and sisters in Christ either, um, but we're to love them as the family that they are because we are now we are one people. Like God has made us one people, joined us together. We are unified 
together with each other and we're also unified in Christ. So Mm -hmm. he's actually talking about two things here. Like, um, God has created one people for himself and in terms of like salvation and eternity and for his glory. But then he also wants us to, to be in community with Mm -hmm. each other. He wants us to be unified with each other as the church. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good. Um, and that's we can draw that out when he's talking to starting in verse 19, at least when he says you, it's a plural you. I think a lot of times we and we'll talk about this more through chapter three as well. We try to take it as a you specific like individual mm-hmm. you, but actually it's a you plural. And when he's talking about um, that word cornerstone or like how he's saying we're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets what he's talking about here and if you're a visual person like I think it helps to kind of just like totally visualize this is we're all little stones and Christ is the cornerstone what you know what we're built around what we're built on and then like the apostles and the found are the foundation the apostles and the prophets and then we're building blocks of that like everybody who is a part of the church or a part of God's people um we are little stones building a temple and this is another thing temple is another one of those things with without the old testament we don't really understand Mm -hmm. the value of the analogy that he's making but the temple is where god's glory dwelt Mm -hmm. in the old testament and so he's what he's saying is not you know like this is a building like a church is a building he's saying the the people are the church Mm -hmm. this is where god is dwelling and this is where his glory is being manifest is through his people Mm -hmm. and that we actually get to be a part of that all built around christ and not we as individuals but you as a people yes and so i think that's and we'll talk about that more but i think that's really good is to try to not take it individually Mm -hmm. i mean you are an individual part of that right but it's more about the temple as Uh a whole yeah Another thing that I thought was really interesting um, that I read was that we might think that Paul is contradicting what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, in Matthew 5, 17, he talks about how he did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill mm-hmm. it. And then here here we see that Jesus says he's abolishing the law. So it's like, is he, or that Paul says Jesus is abolishing the law. So it's like, oh, is he contradicting what Jesus says. Um, But he's not because Jesus in Matthew was talking about the moral law or um, righteousness and Mm -hmm. how he did not come to abolish that, but to fulfill it. But Paul here is talking about like ceremonial law such as circumcision, because now that is completely abolished. Mm. So he's talking about two separate laws. So I thought that was interesting and helpful in case you read this and you think, wait, but Jesus says that he wasn't abolishing the law he was fulfilling it so what yeah. is Paul confused is so he was talking about two to, two separate things yeah yeah there's a lot of good stuff in this last oh, passage so good because even so good. in 18 like I just didn't br- briefly mention this because you could go a whole episode on this but where it says for through him t- talking about Jesus for through him we have access in one spirit to the father and so you might think well did we ever not have access and that's true like he was just saying as Gentiles we didn't and mm-hmm. and it's through Jesus that the veil was torn when you know when he died on the cross it says the veil tore from top to bottom giving us access to God and and so I think we take that in our American Christianity we we don't really understand the fact that we ever were excluded from that Mm -hmm. but like reading through this and understanding the context how freeing that must have been for people to understand that now you know they have access to God. Well, and even the Jews had to go like through the priest and they had to right, right. present sacrifices and all that. They didn't and be even circumcised. have and be circumcised. Uh-huh. They didn't even have direct access. So, yeah. 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 
Okay, so we were planning on doing two and three in this uh, episode, but we realized we're at about almost 40 minutes, so we're going to go ahead and do chapter three next week. So you have an extra week to catch up on your reading. So our memory verse for chapter three is going to be 316, and it says, According to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner beings. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobb.